Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. I am Eric, your ranting co-host. I'm glad to be back here hosting another episode. I've had a lot going on in my life, so I haven't been able to be as busy. Uh, Connor and Zach have been uh, carrying our NFL videos, our college videos, uh, with our team previews and things like that. So we've been dishing out a lot of content lately, so... Uh, definitely make sure to check that out if you you know haven't seen your favorite team yet. Uh, we're getting pretty close to finishing the NFL team previews, and we've just had a lot of content, so make sure to check that out. And for today's episode, we will be we're this is our second year in a row doing this, but we're gonna preview uh, the ten teams in the NFL that we think are going to be the most interesting to watch. I'll explain more what I mean about that in a minute, but for now, let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's up, everyone? Zach here. Um, this is when we did this video last year. I was super excited for it, and I still am. It, it, this is a fun thing. I'm so glad football season's finally around the corner. Uh, but can the Jags just win a preseason game, please? Like, come on. I just want to see the win. <laughs> <laughs> and what's up, guys? It's Connor, the co-host with the most. And yeah, you know, I'm going to have to flex a little bit here since the Steelers beat the Jags in the preseason, you know, Zach talking about that the Jags can't win a preseason game. Uh, you know, we handed you that L, uh, but you know, uh, yeah, I'm excited for this as well. Um, like Zach said, I'm excited for football season just cause it's been so long since I've had any sports to watch, you know, none of us on here really like baseball. So, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've had sports to watch. <laughs> well, listen, Connor, if the Jaguars had a kicker, we would have won. So, okay. Anyway, <laughs> well, to, to, to be fair, to be fair, the Steelers also missed a long field goal early in the game. So, you know, well, also, if we, we also, if we two. didn't, if we missed two, we would have won. Also, <laughs> if we didn't have a uh, Mason Rudolph, you would have never gotten that safety. So, uh, well, yeah, I, I was glad to see him out there, but anyway, enough preseason <laughs> stuff aside, as you can see on the screen here, Zach's got our uh, top 10 on the screen here for me. And if you, didn't see our episode last year if you're if you're fairly new to the channel uh, what we mean by this video when we say the top 10 most interesting teams this doesn't necessarily mean that this is who we think are going to be the 10 best teams uh, these are just teams that we think are going to be really interesting or really exciting for various reasons it could some be some of them might suck <laughs> yeah some of them might be bad teams uh, some of you know when we say the interesting you know it could be you know teams with new coaches or teams with really dramatic situations or maybe teams brought in like new like star players you know there's all different kinds of reasons as to why we've picked these teams we all voted and like listed our top 10 teams and had a scoring system and averaged them out. So um, these 10 teams are going to be based on the averages of the three of us together. So, uh, but yeah, with that being said, you know, let's get right into this here. Um, Connor's going to kick us off with our number 10 team. Uh, Connor, tell us the, you know, tell us the number 10 team and why they're on the list. I think, yeah. by the way, Connor is a little excited about this one. A little bit of a spoiler alert. Um, yeah, no, number 10 team here is going to be my Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, always enjoy talking about them. I'm excited to make the preview for them later. Um, but yeah, the reason why I think the Steelers are going to be interesting this year is just because, you know, the Steelers, obviously, Roethlisberger has retired. And, you know, there's the new quarterback situation going on with, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, um, you know, looking like, 
Uh, Mitchell Trubisky is going to start the year, but it definitely is going to be interesting to watch to see, you know, okay, like how long does Trubisky spend in that starting role? Does he start the whole season? You know, if he performs well, then you would think that he would, you know, start the whole season. But, you know, if he starts to struggle, like when or if does Kenny Pickett come in and take over? And the other thing about the Steelers for me that just makes them an interesting team is because, you know, we always talk about these teams in the NFL that are like a quarterback away from competing. I truly believe that this is one of those teams that's like a quarterback away. You know, like there are some question marks on the O-line, but like the skill position players are great. The defense is one of the best in the league. It's just like if they can get competent quarterback play, I could see this team going a long way. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see where they get taken from there. Um, and if the quarterback play, like w- if it's average or good or even bad. <laughs> nice, man. I think you did a pretty good job summarizing the Steelers there. Zach, did you have any other thoughts on the Steelers? No, they, um, not to be that guy, but they didn't make my top 10 list. So I'll be, uh, I'll be quiet on Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Zach All might right, still be well, a little salty about that preseason loss. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so, Zach, we are going to transition to you here. Uh, you're going to have our next team at number nine. Uh, tell us about this team. Boo, Connor. I don't like this team. <laughs> yeah, Connor's not. He likes number 10. He doesn't like number nine. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, people are already thinking, okay, it's one of these three teams. But uh, number nine is going to be the Baltimore Ravens, I think. This is a real interesting team this year because Lamar Jack, like we talked about a few weeks ago, Lamar Jackson's contract situation, how he's the only quarterback from that class that doesn't have a new contract right now. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure on the Ravens to make the playoffs to have a better year than they did last year. This is a team that had gotten bit by the injury bug really bad last year. They lost a lot of players to injuries that are coming back now. So just from that aspect, you know, we want to see all the guys that were hurt last year, how, you know, do they, you know, stay on, on track with their careers? Do they never, you know, recover? That's a key thing to watch with the Ravens. Uh, They did fire uh, their longtime defensive coordinator, Don Wink Martindale. He's now at the New York giants. Um, You know, Baltimore's defense, I don't think it's going to be bad or anything, but without Wink as the defensive coordinator there, that is a major change. You know, he was a, he'd been with the team for a while. So, um, you know, how does, does Lamar Jackson take another step up from, from uh, being a passer? You know, he, it seems like he's kind of regressed a little bit these last two years, but, you know, he led the league in touchdown passes his MVP season. Do we see him? you know, get a resurgence in the passing game, you know, does he stay healthy? You know, that's a big concern. Uh, They had a great draft class. They brought in a bunch of big names from the NFL draft that I'm excited to watch in the NFL now. So lots of reasons to be excited about the Ravens. I think they're going to be a real intriguing team next year. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, you know, they're one of the teams out there that I do really feel like has a you know, they've got a chance to go from worst to first in their division. You know, I'm not necessarily predicting that they will, but I definitely think they've got a great chance to do that. And that would be another interesting thing about them. Uh, Connor, I know you do hate the Ravens, obviously, as a Steelers fan, but any other thoughts from you on this? Well, hopefully for me, the only interesting part about the Ravens season is going to be watching the Steelers beat them both times. So... (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, man. All right. Well, Connor, we're going to go back to you here. Uh, we've got the first two teams out of the way. We're moving on to our number eight most, most interesting team. Tell us about them and what their key storylines are. Yeah, so our number eight most interesting team is going to be the Carolina Panthers. Um, the most interesting thing for them, of course, is obviously, you know, this is going to be similar to the Steelers here and just the quarterback play. Um, you know, they obviously brought in Sam Darnold last year and he was definitely not up to par. They even brought back Cam Newton for a few games last year and he still wasn't good either. So um, definitely seeing how Baker Mayfield, you know, can run this offense and, you know, can we get a full healthy season out of Christian McCaffrey? Is DJ Moore going to take that next step to be a true like superstar receiver? You know, can this Carolina offense finally find its legs and match up to the defense because the defense of this Carolina team is also interesting because, you know, it's for from what it's been for the past couple of years, there's a lot of young pieces on it. It's one of these defenses that like you would classify as like above average, but not elite. And this defense really has a chance in my mind to step into that elite territory. If their young players can really, you know, take their games to the next level, like, Jeremy Chin, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, J.C. Horn, like those are some of the best young defensive players in the league right now. And it's like if all of those guys can, you know, and Shaq Thompson's like the established veteran on the team. It's like if all of those guys can really step up and take their games to the next level and really get, you know, good things going on the defense, then this could be a top five defense. And, you know, at that point, if you have a top five defense, then your offense with Baker Mayfield and McCaffrey doesn't need to be, you know, as good as, you know, you would want them to be. It's like, okay, we can get away with maybe only putting up 25 points a game and we can still win on a consistent basis because we're only giving up like, you know, 18 points a game. So um, definitely interesting there for the Panthers. And they would have also been a little bit more interesting if uh, Matt Corral, unfortunately, hadn't suffered a season-ending injury because I would have also liked to have seen if he would have gotten any sort of playing time, depending on like if the Panthers have been really bad or something like that, that if he would have gotten some playing time as well. But unfortunately we're not going to get to see that this year since he's now done for the season uh, with that list Frank injury, the same as ETN's injury. But yeah, there's a lot with the Panthers that's interesting as well. Yeah, I, I agree. They're, they're a pretty young team. They definitely have the potential to be a up and coming team. So um I, they're, they're definitely a team that I'll be looking forward to following this season. Um, I'm going to take over with team number seven here, and that's going to be the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Shout out to my friend Joseph from Domino's who plays fantasy football with us. This is his team. Um, but I didn't just vote them end of the list because of him. They are a team that I really am interested in. Um, they definitely had one of the most active off seasons of, any of the teams in the league. Uh, they made that huge trade getting AJ Brown. Uh, they bolstered their defense by drafting Jordan Davis in the first round and bringing in Hassan Reddick from the Panthers, who we just talked about. Uh, this is a team that, you know, can definitely get it done on both sides of the ball. You know, I'm also curious to see, uh, you know, how uh, Nick Sirianni is going to do like in, you know, because he's still a pretty young coach, you know, is he going to be able to, you know, elevate his, you know, elevate his game to help the Eagles get to the next level? You got Devontae Smith, who's in his second year now, and he's looking to take that next step, you know, and kind of like what Connor talked about with the Steelers, you know, being a quarterback away, like, 
which you know the the Eagles could be fine. I you know I just don't know how Jalen Hurts is going to do. I I have mixed feelings about him, but you know if he can be that guy, then the Eagles are definitely going to be a team that could be really scary this year. You know, obviously, but then if he struggles, then you know it could be you know it could be a totally completely different situation. So. I feel like with there being so many possibilities of, you know, where the Eagles could end up by the end of the season, I think they're going to be, um, I think they're going to be a very interesting team. Uh, before we go on to team six, Zach or Connor, did any of you guys have any other added thoughts about the Eagles you'd like to pitch in? No, I mean, I think you, you said it well, AJ Brown, it's going to be interesting to see, just compare sort of the seasons with AJ Brown and Traylon Burks with the Titans you know, that's pretty much a, a mano mano you know, trade, you know. So seeing how they compare. But, yeah, the, the Eagles were, were pretty high on my list, if I remember correctly. Connor, yeah, I remember them being on. Yeah, I remember them being on my list, too. And I, I think the main thing for them that's interesting for me is just to see, like, where they finish because they're in a really vulnerable division in the NFC East. It's like. It's one of those situations that, in my mind, I could see, like, if the Eagles can put everything together, I could see them easily just running away with this division. But, you know, if they don't put everything together, it'd be interesting to see, like, you know, what goes on in the NFC East if, you know, all the teams are bad or, you know, if the Eagles are, like, fighting with the Cowboys and they both have, like, 500 records or something. Like, just the NFC East in general is always a fun division to watch because, you never know if there's going to be like a stinker team coming out of there or something, given just how weak the division is as a whole. Very nice. Very nice. A lot of good, a lot of good thoughts there, guys. I like that. Um, I didn't think about the AJ Brown to Traylon Burks comparison. That'll be interesting to monitor over the upcoming seasons as well. So um, I like that. Um, all right, guys. So now we're going to move on to team number six. I know there's a longtime viewer of ours in particular who's going to be happy about this one. Uh, Connor, take this one away for us. Yeah, so at number six, uh, shout out to Caleb from Brody Sports Talk. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Green Bay Packers here. Um, you know, the reason that the Green Bay Packers are definitely interesting, you know, normally you wouldn't think that a team that, you know, finished near the top of their conference and had an MVP caliber player would be necessarily that interesting because you think you know what you're going to get from them. But the Packers are obviously interesting this, interesting this year just because of, you know, there's a huge main reason why on the offensive side of the ball, you know, Devontae Adams got traded to the Las Vegas Raiders. So this is going to be the first season in quite a while that Rodgers is not going to have Devontae Adams by his side. And, you know, to a lot of people, Adams is arguably the best wide receiver in the league. Um, he also lost Marquez Valdez-Scantling to the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, the top two receivers for this Packers team are gone now. And the Packers didn't really do much in the draft to really replace them you know they had opportunities to take some of the upper receivers like Chris Olave or um, you know some of the other like Traylon Burks and guys like that you know they went out and they got um, who was that guy that was it Christian Watson was that the dude that they yep. drafted yep. yeah so they drafted Christian Watson who was definitely on the lower end of the receivers and you know Rodgers' top two targets now are going to be Alan Lazard, who, you know, he's been there a while, but he's definitely not a, like, wide receiver one caliber player. And, you know, Mr. Man of Glass himself, Sammy Watkins, on the other side of the ball. So um, definitely a, a, a lot of lack of weapons there for Rodgers. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can really keep up his MVP form. Uh, we had a the last episode we did, actually, we did the Ask Twitter 
we ran a poll on this topic about how we thought Rodgers would perform uh, without Devontae Adams. And uh, the majority of people thought that he would still do really well, but like not necessarily play at the MVP level. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can, you know, get back in the MVP level. And also just, you know, Aaron Rodgers is getting up there in age and, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see, can the Packers finally just get over that NFC championship hump? Cause it seems like, you know, every year we're talking about the Packers. It's like all those memes come out every year about, you know, Oh, the, the cycle of the Packers, like, you know, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers has an MVP level season, then losing the NFC championship game, then, you know, don't go out and get any weapons for Rodgers in the off season, but then Rodgers has another MVP season, but then they lose the NFC title game again. So um, definitely going to be exciting to see. And also, I, I just want to see this defense. You know, the defense was actually much improved last year, although they did lose to Darius Smith in the offseason. So um, it's also going to be fun to watch Jair Alexander coming back from injury. So definitely a lot of things to watch this year for the Packers, but Rodgers being at the forefront of it. Very nice, man. Very yeah. nice. I want to say something, Zach. Yeah, I just wanted to add in, obviously, the end of what Connor just said, Aaron Rodgers, number one reason why this is the most interesting, or the sixth most interesting team, but um, I I just think he's already calling out the young receivers, um, running the wrong routes and stuff. He's already showing his frustration. It's it's going to be interesting to see how he handles the season off the field as well. You know, that's there's always storylines with him being weird off the field he's got a lot of weird things going on you know jeopardy last year obviously but um you know just keep just all the stories that come out about him how's he going to be as a leader um how's the you know him and lafleur you know the relationship now that he's gotten this contract extension with the packers he's you know proven with the two mvps like what happens to jordan love too who's had a really good preseason do they somehow trade Jordan Love? Does you know a, a team's quarterback goes down? What sort of price would they get for that? Would they want to do it? Is this his last year? Does he retire after this year if they win the Super Bowl or something crazy? It's just you never know with Aaron Rodgers. You just never know. So that that that's what makes them interesting to me. For sure, man. Yeah, the Packers have a lot going on. Um, I'm. I'm definitely excited to see how they do. I'll be looking forward to following them as well. Um, I'm going to take over here and take over for the uh, number five team now. And it's going to be another guy like we literally just talked about with Devontae Adams going to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. We've got the Raiders here at number five. And obviously, you know, Devontae Adams is a big part of what makes them so interesting. I mean, you know, they already had Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, who are both very good players. You know, and then you add in arguably the you know most talented wide receiver in the league and Devontae Adams. I think that that's going to make the Raiders offense uh, very exciting to watch. You know, you got Josh Jacobs at running back who's motivated to get a new contract. So he seems like he's locked in. Um, and then even on the you know defensive side of the ball, you know, bringing in Chandler Jones, uh, you know, all pro caliber pass rusher, uh, you know, to pair along with Max Crosby. I mean, they have one of the, they're going to be one of the most lethal pass rushing duos in the whole league. Uh, the Raiders just have a lot going on for them. And another thing that, you know, makes them interesting for me as well is just, you know, with the division they play in, you know, how are they going to do in the loaded AFC West? 
you know, this is a team, I think if they were in, you know, most of the other divisions in football, there would be a good chance that people would easily pick them to win the division. But, you know, being in the AFC West, I think people aren't so sure. So how did the Raiders do against their, you know, stiff competition that they're going to go up against? Um, but they're, I had the Raiders pretty high on my list. Uh, they're definitely one of the teams I'm most excited about. And I guess just also as well, you know, with Josh McDaniels coming in, you know, he's a very interesting personality. You know, he had a failed coaching stint with the Broncos before, and then he's just been kind of, you know, he rode Bill Belichick's coattails for a while being, you know, a coordinator for them in New England. But, you know, now he's stepping out on his own again as a head coach. Like, is he going to be able to get the job done? There's just a lot of different storylines and a lot of, you know, just a lot of interesting things going on for the Raiders this year. So um, I'm very excited about them. Um, any thoughts on this, guys, before we go to the next one? No, I think I think you hit it on the head pretty well with the Raiders for sure. Uh, McDaniel's and Adams, especially. Just I think also really just watching Derek Carr in my mind, like he's always kind of been considered one of these like possibly like good but not great quarterbacks. And now that he's got you know all these weapons around him, it's like okay, like it's you know in a lot of ways like put up or shut up time to be like you know prove that you're a great quarterback now that you have all these weapons. Yeah, and I, I guess the other thing too is also. You know, the fact that him and Devontae Adams played together in college. So you have that whole reunion thing going on there. So that's also another storyline that's interesting. So there's a lot going on with the Raiders. Um, I'm definitely excited to see how they do. Um, Zach is actually going to take over the next two teams here. Uh, He'll start with number four. And then Connor, I can fill in for a second and let him catch his breath before he does number three. But Zach, who do we have at number four? on our yeah. list of interesting teams. Yeah, sticking out with the West Coast here uh, teams, I'm going to say the number four team is the San Francisco 49ers. They, I'm you know, pretty sure they were high up on this list last year. They So they're, you know, one of these teams that, in our eyes, is still a top ten most interesting team two years in a row. Um, just a lot of storylines this offseason. You have the trade request by Debo Samuel, but then he ends up re-signing. I'm curious to see, does his role in the offense change at all? He was very vocal this offseason that, you know, he wanted to be, and he really wasn't paid much more than any of these other guys like, you know, DK Metcalf and all the other receiver contracts out there. It wasn't like his was, you know, one and a half times, you know, the most. So I want to see, because he was vocal about, um, you know, how valuable he was as a running back. He didn't want to have all those extra hits pile up, short, you know, shorten the length of his career because of that. So I want to see, does their offense change a little bit where, you know, like we saw in the playoffs, Debo was getting eight to 10 carries, you know, in addition to his wide receiver duties, he was carrying the football eight to 10 times, which, you know, is is a lot for one player to have to do. So I want to see, does his role in the offense change? But uh, but the biggest thing, Trey Lance, how does he look? He hasn't played football in like three years or something like that, aside from some games, you know, in the NFL, which both games he played in, he got injured in. So how was his health? You know, that was the biggest reason why they moved on from Jimmy G was his lack of availability. Do we see that again from Trey Lance? Just how does he play football 
after such a long break. Um, and obviously being from North Dakota State, he's never gone up against anything remotely similar to the NFL competition. Um, but on top of that, this is a team that could make a Super Bowl run, you know. So this isn't, you know, a, a Carolina Panthers situation with a new quarterback, you know, trying to see how they're going to do. This is a team with legit Super Bowl expectations with essentially a rookie quarterback. So um, how different does the offense look if Jimmy G ends up going to another team? You know, does he ball out and make them look bad? You know, because all Jimmy G ever did, you know, despite his play sometimes is win. You know, he won them a lot of games in the regular season and in the playoffs. So, you know, does Trey Lance play better than Jimmy G, but the team not win, you know, the defense, Nick Bosa is looking to get paid. There's a lot of guys on this team looking to get paid. So this is really a major, major year for San Francisco. And just try and see, you know, was it all worth it, the the trade for the draft pick to move up and get Trey Lance? You know, there's a lot riding on this season for everybody in San Francisco. Yeah, that, that, was, that was nice, man. That was uh, very good. And I like especially the parts talking about you know, if Trey Lance is bad, like they may not be good, but at the same time, like they are a team that it still could very well contend for a Super Bowl. And I think that's what makes them um, a very interesting team. I think we all had them in the top five on our list. So that's why they're up here so high. So um, Connor, do you have anything else to add before Zach does the next one? Yeah, I was just going to say too, I think really interesting is that, you know, you mentioned, if you know, like if Jimmy G goes somewhere else, is he bought or something? I think I'm just interested to see like how the Jimmy G saga ends. Like, you know, is it going to mm-hmm. end? Are they going to somehow find a trade partner for him? Are they just going to end up releasing him? You know, because they would save a lot of money if they just ended up releasing him. So, um, I'm definitely interested to see how that whole saga comes to an end because you know, at some point or another, in my mind, there's no way that he's going to stick around on the team. So, like. How are they finally gonna, you know, get rid of him, so to speak? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that that's a good point. That's a good point, man. Yep. So, uh, Zach, we gave you a quick breather there, but let us know uh, who we have as our number three most interesting team. Yep. So going from the West Coast to the East Coast, number three most interesting team is the Miami Dolphins. So, you know, similar to a lot of teams that we've talked about, you know, Philly, Baltimore. Um, to name some the the Raiders. This is a team that's gone all in. This is what I really enjoyed about this offseason was seeing all these teams go essentially all in this year. You know, there's always going to be those teams that, you know, go to the rebuild side of things, but the teams that put all their chips to the table, make the trades for star players, you know, that sort of stuff, new new coaches, all these things. These are the teams that I I always think are the most interesting. Miami did that I think more than anybody else by bringing in Tyree Kill, uh, you know, very, very accomplished receiver with the Chiefs, won a Super Bowl with them, has, you know, obviously known for being the fastest receiver in the NFL. So how does he look, you know, Tyree Kill on a personal level? How does he look in a Miami uniform and how does he play? Just this has been a very good team the last few years that hasn't made the playoff. They've always came up a game or two short. But um, can they get past the Buffalo Bills? They've had no problem beating the Patriots in recent times but or the Jets. But can they get past the Bills? Because this is, I think, the biggest challenge the Bills have had the past two years now 
in their division as the as this year's Dolphins team. Uh, Tua, obviously, this is you know a big year for him because the Dolphins could you know move on from him very easily next year. Who knows? They could bring in Tom Brady next year. We don't know. Um, <laughs> but new head coach, um, all the you know the scandal that was going on with the tampering where they lost picks. You know that there's just so much stuff. It, you just can't name can't. I don't even have time to name off all the stuff that's going on with the Dolphins. New players bringing in. Um, the praise, you know, that 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 um, Tyree kills given to us saying he's more accurate than Patrick Mahomes, like the the Brian Flores lawsuit against the team, you know, how his exit was handled this offseason, their coaching search and everything. It's just could go on and on with all the things going on with Miami. So I'll uh, take a step back and see if anyone else wants to talk about something specific. Yeah, I mean, like you said, there is a lot going on. <laughs> uh, definitely a lot going on in Miami this year. So um, I don't think I have too much else to add, though, before we move on. Uh, Connor, how about you? No, I think Zach covered I, I think, like you said, it's just the main thing is the offense. Like, it's put up or shut up time for Tua. So, you know, if he if he doesn't perform this year with all these weapons, then he's going to be gone. Yeah, right. Roger Goodell thought it was good news for Tua when they drafted Austin Jackson, but really got good news for Tua when they brought in Tyree Kill. So, <laughs> although with Tyree Kill saying Tua is more accurate than Mahomes, like is this turning into another Antonio Brown kind of thing? I don't know. Like that—that that was a crazy comment. But uh, anyway, we've got two teams left here. Going on to the team number two, Connor's going to talk about this one. So, Connor, take it away. Yeah, so at number two here, um, you know, another shout-out to Brody Sports Talk. Shout-out to Derek Rusnick from Brody Sports Talk. This is his favorite team, the Denver Broncos. And, you know, this is definitely, you know, we mentioned this a couple times in this video, you know, the whole concept of a team that's a quarterback away. Well, you know, a lot of people saw the Broncos as one of those teams, and now they've got their quarterback. You know, they traded for Russell Wilson during the offseason. This was already a team that coming into the – into this season had a top five defense, you know, they've got all these young weapons on offense. You know, you've got Javante Williams in the backfield, who's going to be pairing with Melvin Gordon. You've got Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton in the receiving game. Um, you know, they did unfortunately lose Tim Patrick to a season ending injury during training camp. But, you know, this is a team that is loaded with talent and, you know, kind of similar to the Raiders, you know, if you take this team and you put them in any other division, you'd think, oh, okay, this team, they're going to win the division or, you know, at least get second place in the division and get a wild card spot and make it into the playoffs. But, you know, the thing that makes it so interesting is the fact that, you know, just like the Raiders, they play in the AFC West, which is totally stacked with talent. You know, any one of those four teams between the Chargers, Chiefs, Broncos, and Raiders could win this division. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch and see, like, all right, you know, how does Russell Wilson do with a new team? You know, he had some struggles in his last few seasons in Seattle. But in my mind, a lot of that was more so just the fact that Seattle didn't have a run game or an offensive line at all. You know, the Broncos, they should have both like their offensive line is a little bit questionable, but, you know, they should have a, a good run game. They should have better protection for him. He's not going to be running for his life all the time. And, you know, just it's going to be all about competing against these other AFC West teams and, you know, the Broncos, they're not really getting a lot of the respect that some of these other AFC West teams are getting. You know, I'm seeing a lot of these previews for the AFC West, a lot of them, 
you know, when people are predicting the division winners, you know, no one in my in, that I see is picking the Broncos. They're all usually picking the Chargers or the Chiefs, and the Broncos are, you know, kind of always down in third or fourth in the division. So in my mind, that's definitely going to really motivate them. You know, you see you've got this really good team and you see all these sports writers that are predicting you to finish in the lower part of your division, you know, even though it is a stacked division, you're getting picked to finish in the lower part of the division. You're getting picked to miss the playoffs. In my mind, I think it's really going to light a fire in their bellies and the Broncos, you know, they really want to make it to the postseason. They really want to be able to, you know, finally get over and end the whole thing about, Oh, you know, we haven't had a good team since Peyton Manning left. And, you know, we haven't had a quarterback since Peyton Manning left. So, the Broncos are definitely, for sure, in my mind, uh, one of the most interesting teams. I know they were, you know, pretty much them and our number one team were top two on all of our lists. So um, the Broncos are definitely going to be an interesting team to watch. And I'm excited because I get to go to one of their games this year. I'm going to their Week 18 game against the Chargers. So um, I'm looking. I'm, that's another interesting thing for me about them. Yeah, I'm a little jealous that you get to go to Mile High Stadium. Um... I would like to go there sometime, but uh, <laughs> yeah, de- definitely good points there. Uh, Zach, anything from you on the Broncos before I take the last one? No, it's uh, just very interesting. I think all Broncos fans are like super excited about this team this year. I think they're, you know, they've dealt with so much bad quarterback play the last few years that I think they're just super hyped up to see what Russ does for them. You know, let Russ yeah. cook. For sure, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to take over for the number one most interesting team here. I think it's pretty obvious. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Ooh, just kidding. Get uh, off the stage. <laughs> I know uh, last year when we had the Jags as the second most interesting, people might have thought there was a little bias there with me and Zach being Jags fans. But, I mean, look at what happened with the Jags last year. Were they not one of the most interesting teams in the league? So, um, yeah. yeah, so weren't but, wrong about that. <laughs> yeah, so obviously uh, the number one most interesting team. I think we were fairly, like maybe not completely unanimous, but pretty close to being unanimous on this. Was is going to be the Cleveland Browns. Um, I mean, you, obviously there's the whole you know thing with Deshaun Watson, but you know really it even started before Deshaun Watson because they it was almost like they basically gave Baker Mayfield the middle finger, like not giving him a contract extension or even offering him one. And, you know, and then there was all the talk about, they wanted a, a grown up at quarterback and all this stuff. And then I think that, you know, obviously that upset Baker even more. And, you know, and then the whole thing with them bringing in Watson was really interesting because it seemed like they were a contender to land him, but then they weren't. And it seemed like it was, more so like one of those NFC South teams that was going to get him, But then out of nowhere, you know, like the trade was announced that Cleveland had brought him in. And of course there was still the whole deal with his, you know, suspension looming, like what was going to happen. And of course the Browns gave up like three first round draft picks to acquire him, which is obviously very risky. And now it's, you know, recently been, you know, brought down that uh, Watson will be suspended for 11 games uh, so missing over half of the season. So that's definitely going to hurt the Browns chances. And, but I'm just kind of curious to see, you know, like now that Baker Mayfield has been traded to the Panthers, they don't have him anymore. And Watson suspended 11 games. 
you know, how's this team going to do the rest of the season? You know, Jacoby Brissett's been a spot starter here and there. You know, he's never been a great quarterback, but, you know, the Browns are a team though that still have a, they've got a lot of talent, you know, on this roster. They still have one of the, you know, best running back tandems in the league, but then that brings up another problem though, because Kareem Hunt wants to be traded. Uh, it seems like the Browns don't have any interest in doing that, but, um, that's just even more drama with Hunt wanting to be traded, but still with him and uh, Nick Chubb together, I mean, that's an amazing running back duo. You know, they were trying to go all in by acquiring Amari Cooper from Dallas. You know, they still got Miles Garrett, who's one of the best pass rushers, you know, Denzel Ward, a great corner. Like they've got a lot of great pieces on this team. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how this Browns team, you know, does without Deshaun Watson. Can they, do they have a chance of, you know, still possibly winning just enough games to at least contend for a playoff spot by the time Watson gets back? And if so, does Watson, you know, have what it takes to get them there? You know, he looked really bad in the preseason game against the Jags, and he's been away from football a long time. So I don't know. I mean, the, the Browns are just really interesting. Um, but I figure what I'll do um, to end the show here, um, Zach is – over the last couple of seasons, he's definitely been the highest on the Browns um, out of the three of us. So I'd like Zach to add any final comments on the Browns and then Zach can close out the show for us. All right. Thanks for doing that. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, like Eric said, I was the one the most high on the Browns. I kind of not predicted their playoff season that they had, but I was, you know, high on them going into that year. I was high on them going last year real high on them they disappointed um but you know it, it's just I, i've lost faith in the browns this offseason with the watson thing i mean i'm not saying watson is you know i'm not saying that baker mayfield is better than watson as a quarterback but i mean they had something there like i said at the end of the year last year baker played hurt and it it obviously hurt him in their eyes because he was playing injured and didn't look very good. And when, you know, they obviously went too far with the Watson talks It you know, they, they had to know that saying something like that was going to piss him off and then bringing in Watson. I mean, I, I just think from a whole NFL standpoint, this Watson story has just been a big, you know, divisive thing for the whole, for all these fans. I feel bad for the, the Browns fans having to try and defend Watson, but I know that, like, you know, it's very, very rare that you see fans of a team for 50 plus years, and now they're saying they're no longer fans of the team when Watson plays, like, in week 12. So, just from a fan aspect, I mean, it's going to be crazy. You know, they, obviously when Watson comes back, he's going to hear it from all these, you know, road games and stuff. But just watching the fan, because they're, they're obviously, a, fans are a big part of the league as well. And, you know, no fan base is going to be put in a more difficult situation than Browns fans are. So, um, the, you know, they're, they're definitely fitting to be number one on this list. I, I don't think they're going to have a good season. I think they're a good team, but I just think it's there's just too much going on right now with this team for them to, to meet expectations. I got you, man. Connor, any final thoughts? We've covered your other favorite team, the Ravens. Now this is your other favorite team, the Browns. Any thoughts on the Browns here? 
<laughs> uh, well, you know, we missed out on covering my other favorite team, my other other favorite team, the Cincinnati Bengals. But, um, you know, yeah, it's just the Browns are a total like dumpster fire of an organization right now. And I mean, I'm just laughing at the fact that, you know, you definitely know that the NFL is a business, given that they decided to hand out an 11 game suspension to Watson, which conveniently puts his return in a road game at Houston in week 13. You know, hmm, I'm not sure there was any business decisions or money signs going on in their head when they made that decision. But um, uh, totally yeah. not, dude. It, it was just all based on the evidence that it should be that many games specifically. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it, it's definitely interesting. To, I mean, you know, it seems like nothing can ever go right for Cleveland. It's like as soon as something goes right for them, they all of a sudden just like, you know, something like this happens to them. So, you know, um. You know, I'm happy to see it from a Steelers fan aspect, but like, you know, I I know that those fans are, uh, you know, it, it's it's so bad for them. You never want to see something like this happening for your team. So, um, you know, and who knows? Like, I they could do really well. You know, maybe Brissett just has to be some kind of a game manager, but you know, I I don't think it's going to happen for them, honestly. Gotcha. Well, guys, this has been a fun episode to do. Um, you know, let us know in the comments down below, like who you think is the most interesting team in the league going into the season. You know, if there's any team that's not in the top 10 that you think should have been in there, let us know. Like, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. And like I mentioned in the intro, like, we're getting close to being done with our NFL season previews. We only have a few teams left. So pretty soon we'll have all 32 of them out. You can binge them all if you want. <laughs> uh, Connor's been dropping the. He's been Taking up the you know football season for NFL and college officially starts. Literally every NFL and college team will be previewed. So uh, we've been putting in the work on this. So you know for those of you that have subscribed recently, we thank you for that. And if you've been following along but haven't subscribed yet, please do. We'd be really grateful for that. So um, thanks again for tuning in, guys. Uh, Zach, give us our closing line here. Yep. Remember, guys. Out of everything you do this week, just remember, be clutch. Bye. <laughs> Please.